One of the things I've noticed in my kind of short time as a priest and just as a seminarian and whatnot is, and really it's kind of something that I've learned. As a younger person, I think I believed deep in my heart that the thing that motivates people the most, at least the thing that, that kind of keeps us going the most, is are things like love, things like respect, things like like joy and glory and these things. And these things, you know, there's some, some truth to that. There is, there's a lot of motivation in those good things. But I think over the years, the more I've learned, actually what really motivates us more than just about anything, probably more than anything, is fear. Fear is very often what keeps us going. Fear very often is what gets us out of bed in the morning. Fear is what makes us drive safely. We don't want to get thrown in a Japanese jail. At least I don't. You know, fear is why we blouse our boots. I don't want to get corrected by a chief. I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. You know, fear is why we, you know, we, we brush our teeth, why we, you know, we, we, we put a, a work into our appearance because we don't want to be judged. Fear is a huge component of our lives. And I think it's in this backdrop, in this understanding of human nature, that Jesus preaches this little, little kind of sermon, if you will, where he comes out and straight up says, fear no one. Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will be revealed. Now what does he mean by fear no one? Who exactly is he addressing? He's addressing those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Those are the people you should not be afraid of. Those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, on the one hand, what, what that means in the easiest way, in the easiest explanation of that passage, is the people that kill the body but do not kill the soul are our enemies. You know, we got, we, we talk, we're in, the, we're in the Navy, we're in the military. Yeah, our enemies, you know, like the continent, the, the, the country that's just right across the sea from us. Our enemy, you know, people that, that are aiming missiles at this base. Enemies, people that can kill the body, but not kill the soul. Another kind of idea of enemies, whenever we talk about enemies, we talk about people that might be holding grudges against us. People that, that kind of our own kind of internal enemies, maybe are some of our members of our family, maybe some of our co-workers, enemies. Uh, people that we just cannot align with. But kind of the most famous being that we're most afraid of, if we're perfectly honest, let's be real, is Satan himself. Anytime we ever mention the demonic or demons or the devil, generally we kind of get, get a little on at the edge of our seats. I personally am always amused. I could be talking to some of the most agnostic people in the world but once the subject of exorcisms pop up and demonic possession, all of a sudden they're like, wait, you know about that? Tell me more. Like, that's something that gets people excited. You mean you're, you want to talk about the demonic? You want to talk about demons? That's, that's something that people are actually afraid of. Hauntings. Things that, things that ultimately eerily kind of the superstitious kind of things that, that we kind of can tend to believe govern our life. Uh, and Jesus says, no, that's ridiculous. Satan is not somebody we fear, because Satan ultimately is not the one that judges you whether or not you go to heaven or hell. That's ridiculous. Our enemies can only kill the body. That's all they can do. Nothing else. So that's the first point that, that's the first kind of way, first people that can kill the body, not the soul. The other 
people or, if you will, the other person or the other entity I think that we, we tend to be afraid of, and if we're perfectly honest, is ourselves. How often do we not want to look at ourselves in the morning in the mirror? How often do we not want to look at what we accomplished in our life? Because we'll be disappointed. How often do we not want to look and, and kind of look at, at social media because we know that, hey, my life doesn't match up to their life? How often are we kind of judging and being so darn hard on ourselves, expecting things that ultimately we can't produce? How often do we kind of look at ourselves and just be our own harshest critics that ultimately just, just tend to just beat ourselves up? And God has an answer for this. He says, listen, I made you the way you are. I knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. The person you are today, the way you look, the, the, how you act, the, the intelligence that you have, I am responsible for. And I made you like that for a reason. Because you and all of your weaknesses and all of your, and all of your lackings are going to use those weaknesses to become and grow up from a girl to a woman, from a boy to a man. Because that's what ultimately makes us who we are. Not just our strengths, but in fact our weaknesses. And Jesus knows that. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our pain. He knows these things. And he says very clearly, even all the hairs of your head are counted. God knows us. And God has designed us to be and to be able to embrace the crosses and the problems and the issues that we have today. The world rejects that because the world rejects God. That's why we have such a huge, un, just unfathomable problem with people taking their own lives these days. Because we don't believe that God is in control. Because people don't believe, and there's a tendency to not believe, that, that we can handle the, the crosses and the burdens that God gives us. And instead, we want, it, we want out, but all we can really do is destroy the body. Can't destroy the soul. And so, that's what Jesus is preaching toward. He's saying, don't worry about that. I've got you. But there's one other entity... And this is not, look, this is not a popular opinion. I'm very well aware of this. But there's one other entity that I think we might even be more afraid of than ourselves, at least in today's uh, society, I, I think. You know, and, and look, if you, if you got a problem with what I'm about to say, you are more than welcome to talk to me afterward. I'd be happy to have a discussion. But I think the third and probably one of the bigger entities that we're afraid of is actually children. I know, not exactly one of the things that you would think about. Children, why, are we, why, why is Father mentioning children? But if we look at today's day and age, very often, especially our people and our friends and, our, and, our, and the people around us are really, really, really afraid of having children. Become really, really afraid of becoming fathers, of becoming mothers, and to growing our families. There's a big fear of that. Because let's be honest, there's an effect that, some, that, that at least the world has, a mentality has, that children can sometimes end up ruining the body. Why we call it a dad bod for a reason. You know, when we talk about pregnancy and the, and the, and the, 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 the toll that pregnancy can take on a woman's body. These are real things. And not only that, bearing children is incredibly hard work. Raising children, incredibly hard work. These things are not easy, and they really can kind of stifle and cramp our style often. They can kind of cause our careers to come to a halt. They can cause our plans, our evening plans to, 
to grind to a standstill. We end up having to prioritize them over us. It can be an incredibly difficult thing. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with young sailors and young Marines who are genuinely afraid of having children. And to that, I sympathize. I mean, the whole... I sympathize because it's a, it's a cross, it's a burden. It's not easy to pursue the path of fatherhood. It's not easy to pursue the path of motherhood. It's not easy to have more children. But the reality is, is that Christ is here for us in the midst of that. Christ is here for us and he's saying, guess what? I've got your back. Even the, head, the hairs of your head are counted and do not be afraid. Look at this. I know whenever a sparrow falls to the ground, And you're worth more than sparrows. You're worth my life. You're worth my blood. You're worth my sacrifice. That's what Jesus tells us. In other words, what Jesus is doing is Jesus reassuring us that the path that we take as Catholics is not a popular path. The popular path is to choose contraception, to choose abortion, to choose these things that ultimately lead us to be trees without fruit. John Chrysostom, St. John Chrysostom, one of my favorite preachers, used to say, if you look at a tree that doesn't bear fruit, what does he look like? Amazing. All right? Trees that don't bear fruit are incredible. Think about an oak tree. Think about, think about like a, you know, a great sycamore tree. Think about a redwood. These things are awesome. But good luck living your life off of a redwood. All right? You cannot eat anything that it produces. Fruit trees, on the other hand, fig trees, on the other hand, are not particularly beautiful. We grew, we have a couple in, at our farm. They're not that pretty. Mulberry trees, kind of cool, but they make a mess. Mango trees, sorry, not mango trees. I don't know anything about mango trees. Uh, satsumas, my bad. I, you know, I just get going and I end up you know, saying things. All right, satsumas, you know, they make a mess too. Point being is these are not pretty trees. Fatherly life, mother life is not a pretty life by the world's standards. But the, but the fact of the matter is, it's a fruitful life. It's a life that actually bears fruit. It's a life that actually bears fruit for Christ. And it's a life of trust. Where you and I recognize and ultimately recognize that we can trust our Lord. But let's go back to full circle. Let's go back to where we really started. What about this whole fear thing? What are we talking about? Here we are. We have Jesus in today's gospel saying, fear no one. Fear no one. And then what does he do? He goes on and says, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul. What what is going on here? Fear no one, but be afraid of someone. What is he talking about? He's talking, my friends. He's talking, my friends, about the Lord himself. Guys, we might want to fear the opinions of others. We might want to fear Satan. We might want to fear bearing children. These things are all fear, but ultimately these fears are called to to melt away in the sight of God. The one person you and I are actually called to be afraid of is the Lord our God. Now, you might be wondering, what does that mean? Are we supposed to be afraid of God? Are we supposed to run from God? That's not the point. We're not just supposed to treat God like an enemy. We're supposed to treat God like a friend. And whenever we have fear in friendships, the fear is not because you're afraid of the friend. The fear is that you're afraid of disappointing the friend. You're afraid of hurting the friend. You're afraid of ultimately ruining the friendship. That's what Jesus means by being afraid 
of the one who destroys the soul and the body. It's not so that we run away from God, but rather that we run toward Him out of fear of hurting Him. Out of fear that we could ruin our friendship. Out of fear that we could ruin our love. That's the priority in life. Not to pursue our own endeavors, not to pursue our own personal goals, but to pursue friendship with the Lord, which can be a very difficult thing in today's day and age. So my friends, I want to encourage you to go back and be honest. Are there things that we are afraid of that are not of God? Are there things that we're afraid of that ultimately are, are, are just lead to our own destruction, our own sadness, our own confusion? Or do we actually, or, or is God actually inviting us to recalibrate our fear and not to fear our enemies, not to fear the devil, not to fear children, not to fear ourselves, but ultimately fear ruining our friendship with him who loves us so very much to the very end.